Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Cole McNeely. Coming up, we'll take a quick look at one of the top stories from TheCenterSquare.com and later regional editor of The Center Square, Bruce Walker, and Wisconsin reporter Ben Yount will take a deeper dive into some of the top stories of the week. Coming up right after this on Wisconsin in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at TheCenterSquare.com, the country's fastest-growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com, thecentersquare.com. Nearly one million people in Wisconsin have gotten their coronavirus booster. The state's Department of Health Services reported its booster dose count for the first time on Tuesday. DHS said doctors and nurses were averaging about 20,000 booster shots per day as of Monday. Overall, approximately 750,000 people in the state, about 58% of Wisconsin's total population, have received at least one dose of the coronavirus vaccine. To read more about this story and many others, visit thecentersquare.com. Now for a closer look, it's Bruce Walker and Ben Yount. Thank you, Cole, and welcome to this week's Wisconsin in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for the Center Square. We're recording this episode on Wednesday, November 24th, one day before Thanksgiving. So if you hear someone's stomach growling, that would probably be my guest, Ben Yount, our intrepid Wisconsin correspondent. Hello, Ben. What's going on in I, your neck of the woods? Uh, this is the, the the day that I have to do most of the work. T- tomorrow, actually, the cooking of the turkey is easy. It's the running around today. I got to get the oil to fry it, and, and then I got to do the prep work, and then I got to make sure that, that, that everybody who's now here, all of the house guests, get fed and that the dogs don't take the turkey. It's, it, is, it is literally the, the, the scene from the, A Christmas Story in my house uh, every Thanksgiving where there are as many people as dogs. And the dogs want the food more than many of the people. So it is uh, it is that time of year. Talk to me on Friday or Saturday. I will be much more relaxed and probably in a much better mood. Well, you know, on Friday, you might be hanging out at a Chinese restaurant like they did in A Christmas the, Story. That is, that, that is always my dream every year for Christmas, that I don't have to cook and we can go. But no, unfortunately, I'm actually a pretty good cook. So the family demands that I feed them. So. Okay, well, listen. Let's uh, let, let's dive in here because uh, we want to get this recording in the can so we can uh, go out and mm-hmm. purchase bread for our stuffing. And uh, it's been in a bit of a harrowing week in Wisconsin. What with the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict last Friday and the the horrible events in Waukesha this past Sunday. Yeah, it, it Wisconsin, Southeast Wisconsin has become the epicenter almost the the breaking news capital and many of the the reporters who were in town for the Rittenhouse coverage 
ended up being able to get another story stay and unfortunately just as tragic just as terrible uh over in and and and, and you you made the, the common mistake it is waukesha not waukesha uh and and i have if i've heard it one time mispronounced i've, I've heard it mispronounced dozens of times uh as, as i was talking with a reporter uh the host from florida we pronounce our indian names differently up here than than they do down there but uh yeah from and, as, as well in as in michigan because yeah. we have many many native american names for our towns, cities, townships, and what have you Everybody has just a little bit, and once you think you got it down, nope, you move ten minutes over the way, and uh, and and it's completely different. But yeah, from from Kenosha to Waukesha, it it, it was it was such a weekend, and and I, I guess we can start with the the Rittenhouse verdicts, not guilty on all charges. It really wasn't a surprise to people who actually watched the trial, and and this with, without trying to have it sound as a media criticism. There are an awful lot of people who who talked about this case, and and not just nationally, but but here in Wisconsin as well, who didn't watch it. And, and trials, as as you know, as as anyone who's who spent any time in in journalism knows, trials are long, and and the the day to day is is kind of boring. It's not like a Law and Order episode where there is one you know, climax. I I want the truth. That doesn't happen. It's a slow build <laughs> of evidence, and and you, know, you mean you're not going to do your Sam Waterston impersonation? No, I, I, he was always my he was always my favorite uh, of, of the Law and Order prosecutors. But this oh, was I, I was a, always the, into to Lenny. So yeah. As the, the early ones were, were were great. We can do a whole, you know, a Law and Order podcast. I'm sure there are several. But if you, if you were you stayed through the first two minutes of that show, you had to stay for the whole thing. But I mean, this was a two week trial that at time got into some rather technical points, pixels, and what do you see here? And it was it was difficult to follow if you weren't actually watching the trial. And so when the verdict came, people even folks who were writing at left-leaning outlets or, or folks who had, had, had done some punditry appealing to the left, those who watched the trial and saw the evidence and saw the scattered approach of prosecutors, they weren't surprised by what they saw. They, 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 they couldn't have been because, again, the prosecution's own witnesses gave credence to Rittenhouse's self-defense story, particularly Gage Grosskreutz, the young man who had his bicep blown off. Uh, you know, he said on the stand under direct questioning from prosecutors that Rittenhouse didn't fire until Rittenhouse saw that Grosskreutz had his own gun out and pointed it. So after we got the the verdict, there was this, as there always are in these cases, moment of pause where no one quite knows what to do. No one knew quite what was going to happen. And because it was a Friday on the last day of the week before Thanksgiving, and because it was in the 30s in Kenosha, Wisconsin, as opposed to in the 80s in the summer, there was a pause to wait to see if there would be protests. And there weren't. There were a few scattered gatherings. There were some people who I, I would say are, are the professional protesters in Kenosha, and they did their thing, but there was no rioting. There was no looting. There was no anger. The 500 National Guard troops uh, were, were, were not needed. Police had a plan to deal with any sort of trouble that popped up, and, and, and they, they didn't need to put that plan into action. 
Uh, well, let me ask you a question, Ben. Um, when, when you say that the 500 National Guardsmen were not needed, I mean, could it be possible that their very presence served as a detriment? It, it, it could be. It, it, it very well could be. It, 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 it very well could be that this time Kenosha was, was prepared, that there was the show of force that there was not in those early days after Jacob Blake's shooting in, in August of last year. Uh, it, 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 is, it cannot be understated. It, it really cannot be lost in the conversation that it was the riots in Kenosha that ended with the Rittenhouse shooting that were almost the zenith of that summer of protesting in 2020. That after Kenosha, we did not see more of the mass in the street turning into violence, turning into looting, turning into arson, turning into an, an out of control scene. That we had we, we'd seen it in Minneapolis. There was that spat throughout the summer. George Floyd was in was in May or, or, or June of 2020. Yeah. The Rittenhouse shooting was in August. So you saw June, July, and and the beginning of August, where it wasn't uncommon for there to be large crowds in the streets across the country, and it wasn't uncommon for those crowds to 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 grow angry and that anger to turn to violence. You know, it was it was in in May in Madison where they looted up and down State Street, where they pulled the statues down. So by the time we get to August, the, the city of Kenosha was that peak. And you didn't see violence on that scale afterwards. And and, and again, it, it can't be lost in the conversation that it was the violence that brought Kyle Rittenhouse to Kenosha, and it was the violence that ended with the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting. And so the 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 sort of standby to watch for violence after the Rittenhouse verdict was was one of the the, the central focus points. But yeah, Southeast Wisconsin made it through without any of of the the, the trouble that they saw in the summer of 2020, but only to run into all sorts of trouble on Sunday in Waukesha. And and for 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 anybody who's trying to sort of piece the the map together, Waukesha is almost two hours away from Kenosha. Kenosha is right on the banks, right right on the, the, the shoreline of Lake Michigan, about maybe 45 minutes an hour south of, of, Wisconsin, of, of Milwaukee, maybe not even that far. Waukesha is about 45 minutes on the other side of Milwaukee to the west. Uh, you, can, you can get there by taking Interstate 94. It connects both communities. But uh, it, they, they were, for all intents and purposes this weekend, worlds apart okay well i i want to broach this very delicately uh you have done a, a fine job of reporting on what happened in kenosha and i don't believe we've ever had to print any corrections or retractions or anything like that what were some of the the uh predominant errors that the media made that you feel still needs to be corrected? Well, the, the biggest is the reporting on, on Rittenhouse's rifle that you will hear the, you'll hear the line that Kyle Rittenhouse crossed state lines as if it is a big deal to go from Wisconsin to Illinois. And, and there are maps out there. Antioch, Illinois, which is where Rittenhouse is from, is literally just across the border from southern Wisconsin. I think it's maybe a 20-minute drive from his house in Antioch 
to Kenosha. So Kenosha would be probably the, the bigger community. If you want to go to a, a restaurant or, or, or Rittenhouse had a job as a, a, uh, a lifeguard that, that he would be in Kenosha. That's where it would be in Kenosha. Uh, but the, the, the biggest, the biggest area where most national, uh, news outlets get it wrong is in two places. The gun, the gun was already in Wisconsin. Rittenhouse's buddy had bought it and was keeping it for him. If anybody committed a crime, it was the buddy who did the straw purchase, not Kyle Rittenhouse. In Wisconsin, it is legal for 17-year-olds to carry a rifle. You know, Illinois is a state where there are all manners of gun regulations. And in some states, a 17-year-old or a 21-year-old or a 75-year-old walking down the street with a rifle over their shoulder, that would be illegal. But in Wisconsin, it, it is it is not the the other big area where most and again this is mostly the national media is that they portrayed the nights of violence in Kenosha as peaceful protests or protests at all based on police misconduct or the officer involved shooting of Jacob Blake and they get the Jacob Blake case wrong plenty as well what you had in Kenosha was what you saw in, in, in many cities. You had a protest. You had uh, people taking to the streets, sometimes angrily, screaming and yelling. And that's all perfectly legal. That is 100% First Amendment protected speech. But what you also had, and, and why Kyle Rittenhouse was in Kenosha, was not because there were some people who were upset with the police or upset with the, 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 the process to deal with Jacob Blake shooting the line was crossed. Kenosha was in the middle of riots. Kenosha was in the middle of, 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 of you know, almost open fighting there. There you, you see the other videos of people trying to protect their business and being punched and beaten and kicked and knocked out. Uh, one of the car source lots, the infamous car source lots, all of the cars were burned. There are still parts of downtown Kenosha that are boarded up and, and closed, not because of a protest, but because this had transformed from a protest into a right. And that's why we use the term, I've always used the term, nights of violence, because it does accurately depict that. Um, other than that, you know, if if you watched the trial and, and you, you came in not already convinced that Kyle Rittenhouse was guilty as sin, you saw that there was no evidence. If you were convinced that Kyle Rittenhouse was guilty and a cold-blooded murderer, you had to look around the evidence to come to that conclusion. And, and this is the reality is that most of the people who get paid to talk about this stuff on television never watched it. The joy Behars of the world didn't sit and watch the Rittenhouse trial for five, six, seven hours a day. They certainly didn't watch most of the testimony and they didn't watch Rittenhouse's testimony on his own. So the, the, the national reporting on this, and this is, this is one of these ones where, you know, talk show host Ben is different than than Center Square correspondent Ben. Uh, the 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 national reporting on this was spotty at best. And when you have spotty reporting, just journalism 101, when you don't do, as I was always told, the Bill Curtis School of Journalism, give them the nut, give them the bolt and let them screw it together. Mm -hmm. In the Rittenhouse right. case, we were given something that was already put together and said, don't look at it. Just trust us on this. And, and their assumptions, their facts, their reporting, that was off. And so when you're in 
Now, when, when you're off in the beginning, you're off in the end. And, and that was that was largely part of the, the the problem. That was the biggest problem with the Rittenhouse trial was nothing inside the courtroom. It was this was expected to be this was you know, portrayed to be the national narrative was that this was. And then when the reality didn't live up to it, when the evidence in the courtroom didn't live up to what we had been hearing for the better part of a year, there were a lot of people across the country who were disappointed. Very disappointed uh, based on misinformation or no information whatsoever and just a uh, predominant prevailing agenda to uh, to just control yeah. the narrative on this. And uh, one of those would be uh, essentially saying that uh, it was based upon a killing that was absolutely not a killing. Jacob Blake is still alive. Yeah, that's that is one of the biggest that Jacob Blake was killed. That's not true. He was shot. He was he was wounded. He was left paralyzed. That Jacob Blake was unarmed. He was armed. He had a knife. You can see it in the video. And that Jacob Blake was somehow accosted by the police for nothing more than being at a at a birthday party. And 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 the facts of this, again, don't back up any of that. There was a hundred-something page report issued earlier this year by the Kenosha County Prosecutor's Office, by one of the the, the foremost African American law enforcement officials in the state, former Madison Police Chief Noble Ray that said, no, Blake fought with the police. He he had an officer in a headlock at one point. He was wanted on several warrants. He was actively stealing his girlfriend's SUV with the children in the back seat. In violation of a restraining order. In violation of a restraining order. They, they, they cleared the officer saying they tried, the officers in, in the Jacob Blake shooting tried at every opportunity to de-escalate the situation. They finally pulled out their, the, the, the one officer finally pulled his gun and fired when it became obvious that he had to make a choice between allowing Jacob Blake to kidnap children, drive off in an SUV, perhaps drive over other officers, cause more harm. And again, we'll be talking about it here in a moment. We see the damage that a speeding SUV can do in the hands of someone who is wanting to, 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 to put the pedal to the metal and doesn't care what the consequences are. And so you're right. The, 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 the bad, the shoddy, the biased, reporting on the Jacob Blake shooting led to spotty, bad, biased reporting on the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting led to biased, bad, spotty reporting on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And, you know, when when you have this mountain of evidence and people across the country who, who don't really pay attention and all of a sudden they're told, oh, yeah, this this white kid who went to Kenosha looking to shoot people got off. Of course, their reaction is going to be bothered. But as soon as they actually hear the evidence, if they're willing to hear the evidence, uh, the facts rule all in this case. And the facts of this case don't add up to anything other than self-defense. And this this is when you watch that video, you see that, that you know, Kyle Rittenhouse was 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 running for his life. Kyle Rittenhouse was 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 getting kicked, was getting beaten. And, uh, you know, anyone who watched that video with any amount of intellectual honesty had to say, yeah, that that that's self-defense. OK, well, let, let, let's move up to Waukesha. Did I say it properly this time? Got it right that time. Hey, I got a good teacher. <laughs> yeah. Waukesha, the Christmas parade is this is this is a tragedy upon all tragedies. 
Well, I, I, I would give you some pushback on use of the term tragedy. Uh, tragedy is typically something that you don't have any control over. And this was a individual who seemed to think that it was perfectly fine to uh, perform the horrific acts that he did. Yeah, I, I, we have, I, I've settled on the word tragedy because, and, and this is, this is for anybody who's listening. This is one of the, you know, journalism one hundred and one conversations that writers and editors and everybody has because words do matter. But no, you're, you're exactly right, Bruce. This is not an accident. This is not a crash. This is not a wreck. This is not an act of God. This is not a tornado. This is not something that just happened. You, you, you are one thousand percent correct that Daryl Brooks decided that he was going to run through a crowd at the parade and it was it it, it you know the the death toll is as we speak here on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving is six a an eight-year-old boy passed away on Tuesday there are other children who are in critical condition so that death toll may rise uh Brooks was in court uh, on Tuesday as well he's facing five or no sorry six counts of first degree homicide that's the murder charge in Wisconsin, that will go up as well. Um, it, it just, th this is, this is one of these things that, that whether, whether you, you say tragedy, whether you say massacre, just don't say accident. And this is a story that is going to have sort of two paths forward. One path forward, one of the legs of the story is the criminal count. It's the, it's the criminal case. It is the people of the state of Wisconsin versus Daryl Brooks, Jr., uh, the homicide charges, the reckless endangerment charges, the facts of the matter, we still don't really have a motive for what happened. The other leg that we will probably focus more on going forward at the center square is the reaction to this. We have a story that we put up here on this Wednesday, State Rep. Cindy Duckow from Delafield is reintroducing her plan to change the bail laws in the state. And we wrote about this, if not earlier this year than late last year, that the Wisconsin Constitution does two things that, that many other states don't. One, the Wisconsin Constitution requires judges offer bail to everyone. Every suspect, no matter the crime in the state of Wisconsin, is eligible for bail. Now, they, they don't have to get it. Obviously, there are some cases where either the bail can be set at such a high level that no one gets out. Or, or, or someone can be ordered held without bail or, or, or bond. Uh, but the Wisconsin Constitution requires that everybody is eligible. And the Wisconsin Constitution says that judges cannot take into account the violence of the suspect or the violence of the act. This is an idea towards leniency, towards giving second chances. And judges across the state sort of throw up their hands and say, we would like to keep more people behind bars. We would like to keep more suspects in jail until their trial, but the Constitution, and, and Duckow essentially says, look, if this is not the case, if, 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 if a man who got out on bail, $1,000 bail just days before this, this attack in Waukesha, if this is not the case that wakes people up to the idea that they're not keeping enough people, dangerous criminals behind bars in Wisconsin, then then she doesn't know what it is. Uh, this this will this will receive some pushback. I, I mean, I write news every day in this state from Eau Claire all the way down to Kenosha, and I can tell you it's not just Daryl Brooks who is getting out on low bonds, low bails. I I can find you people 
sex offenders, people who steal from taxpayers, people with their fifth, sixth, seventh OWI case who are out after a night in jail and then they don't show back up. So they get a felony bail jumping charge. And then the next time they're arrested, they're back out on jail, even they're back out on bail, even though they didn't show up for court the last time. This is an issue in Wisconsin. And I expect to see Republican lawmakers in particularly, uh, in particular, act quickly to address this, whether Governor Evers will sign what legislation or, or, or will go along with any of this, that remains to be seen. Well, great. I think that's about all we have time for this week. And I'd like to thank you, Ben Neal, for all of your contributions and wish you and your family a, a terrific Thanksgiving. And I'd also like to remind listeners that they can find all of the Center Square podcasts, as well as national and state stories at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. For Wisconsin in Focus, I'm Center Square's Midwest Regional Editor, Bruce Walker. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week.